Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over and review a little bit about yesterday's slate. Last night, 14 gamer, wacky slate. We'll talk about it. To, we'll talk about it today and uh, and go through some sharp players lineups and uh, and and talk about DFS strategy. That's what we do on the show predominantly DFS strategy, not picks, not the plays, not the anything. Show up some of the tools here at Roto Grinders to help you build better lineups for your contests. We'll talk about today's slate, I guess, the eight game tonight. I don't know about this afternoon slate. I think two games are getting getting rained out. So I, I don't care. I'm not going to play, right? If four game slate, okay, I'm thinking about it. Once it gets down to a two or three game slate, eh, I'll skip it. I'll skip it. You don't have to play every slate. But you have to be here in the YouTube chat. I see you guys. Suki Singh, Doug Montgomery, Woo Woo J Train, Jupocalypse, Yaz's Army, Brandon McNeil, Shannon Lambert, Chandler Cannon, Frederick Dute, Andrew Garcia, Matt Mears, Scott Goble, Hog Lawrence is here, uh, Card Fan, Jerome Lewis, John Magani, or whatever, whatever, Michael Dompier, all, all the regulars, a lot of the regulars. You know what to do. I got my apple juice, my, my, my store brand apple juice. Uh, so uh, hit hit that thumbs up button. The thummy thumbs to keep it cold throughout the show. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And yes, there, there's a new intro that I've, I've not seen yet. I don't even know what the intro is. Eli, Eli the producer, give him some clappy claps, right? World-class clapper. Uh, told me that there's a new intro. I, I don't even know what it is. I'll, I'll watch it afterwards, right? I don't get to see that feed. When, when over over Zoom, when we re, re, do these shows live. So I have no idea. Maybe maybe it makes fun of me or something. I don't know. It did, supposedly it looks good. A new intro here at Roto Grinders. But but yesterday, uh, let, let me update this. I finally got my uh, got my DraftKings CSV. I, I'm updating this in real time. In real time. Where, where are we going? Because yesterday, uh, I, up, I update my road tracker like every two weeks or so. Sometimes a month, yeah, sometimes in, in the middle, just whenever, whenever I can. Because yesterday I came in second place on FanDuel. Finally! Finally, it was like my eighth top 10 finish. But all my other top 10s were like like ninth, 10th, 8th. And look at this payout structure. This is, this, is, this is why FanDuel, I mean, DraftKings isn't that much better. But FanDuel is like, you come in eighth place, that's 300 bucks, right? The difference between first and second is 15 grand. I was in first for a while. Right until uh, Soto's uh, eighth inning home run that put Cat Sauce. Cat Sauce was all over, all over the top ten. Right, so if he decided not to play, if he decided not to play yesterday, I would have, I would have won twenty five thousand. But I did it with a uh, basically Phillies, Phillies Royals combination, Robbie Ray, and then a one percent owned Philadelphia uh, uh, four man: Hoskins, Segura, Herrera, McCutcheon. And then combined with the uh, Royals three man on, on on FanDuel for large slates, I predominantly play four three one. So you got the three Royals in there. You got Javi Baez, who could have given me something better than six point two points. But I mean, I, I I was behind first place by like fifteen. So it's so I mean, I, I would have needed like a home run or a, you know RBI triple or two RBI double or something like that. So I'm fine with it, right? The first place lineup was uh, was the uh, Phillies Nationals, right? Because Soto's home run. A lot of high-scoring players and a lot of high-scoring players that were not owned much yesterday. 
right? That that was the wacky part. Basically, basically, um, most of the chalk failed yesterday, right? Weird teams put up score like the Tigers. The Tigers and the Brewers had four double dong players that were not even like not even owned. Like we take a look at on DraftKings, Colton Wong was one point two six percent owned. Tyrone Taylor, who put up two home runs, was two percent owned. Then we had on the Tigers, Eric Haas was 3% owned and Jonathan Scope, 4% owned. I mean, they, they were they were owned, but not, not to that extent. So if we take a look here, this is DraftKings. Obviously, I, 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 we don't have results to be for FanDuel, but on DraftKings, if we take a look at, like from a pitching perspective, uh, mostly got there, right? Bassett and Wood and Lauer, no, but I mean, Tyler Glass now was the highest on pitcher. He got 22. I mean, was that enough for his salary? I don't know. You didn't need, you didn't need him. But Robbie Ray put up 28.7 points, 33% owned. He was the most owned pitcher amongst sharper players. Andrew Heaney did well. He was 13% owned. A bunch of sharper players had him, right? Nola didn't get there. German Marquez, if you played him in cores, 8% owned. Luis Garcia, now we're getting down to, you know, not very own pitchers, but I mean, if you, if you could get, uh, you know, if you got 40, 40 ish points, 40 to 50 points out of your pitcher slots on DraftKings, you were fine. No matter how you got there. Right. Pretty much. And then we t- take a look at batter ownership, get rid of these pictures. And the twins were with a chalk. I mean, look, look how chalky they were. The Cruz was 26% owned on a 14 game slate. You can see outside of Giant Squid, I mean, most people had either a little uh, on par or less. Garver got injured. He had to get, he, he got groin surgery yesterday. He got hit in the groin and he actually got, had to, had to go to the hospital. So he got a zero. He came out after the first inning. Donaldson didn't get there at five. And then, of course, Acuna. So Chalk Acuna got there. So if you had him as a one-off. But then we also, then the Rangers on, on DraftKings, with the second most chalkiest team, you have Lowe, Garcia, Gallo, and here we have more twins, Garlic, Sano. Then on on DraftKings, we had some Royals, Merrifield, Benintendi. Here's some Freeman for the Braves, more Texans, uh, Texas Rangers. But then, then we start getting down into these eight percent, seven percent, and then down, down lower and lower. But this corresponds very much to to how I play GPPs. It's a 14-game slate, yet there's chalk that gets condensed too much. So like Nelson Cruz, even Acuna, even the Rangers. Like, I, I play less of them. Like, you could you could see that most sharp players, you could see more yellow up top here. And then once you start getting into the 3% to 7% range, you see, see a lot more green here. A lot more overweight on Pete Alonso, right? The Mets stacks, they were under-owned uh, on both sides. Uh, take a look here. Yeah, Mets, look, Lindor. I mean, they didn't get there. The Nationals, right? We see the Nationals there. Let's see. Looks like the Dodgers were a little over-owned. But yeah, we're seeing the Mets. We're seeing Washington. We're seeing Baltimore? No, maybe not. Right, the Braves, I guess. Yeah, a little bit lower order hitters. 
over on the Red Sox, maybe. I mean, they didn't get there. Yeah, Verdugo. So, yeah. Dominic Smith here for the Mets. 3% owned on DraftKings. Right, Thomas Nido. Catcher. He's got a zero, but whatever. But you can see here. I mean, you can see this every day. Especially on large slates. Yes, the Twins The twins were the best projected team. Yes. But they're also they're they're also over owned for their <coughs> their their twenty eight teams on the slate. Their chances of being the the top team five man four man stacked is not great enough that <coughs> playing a Cruz Donaldson, Sano Garlic type of lineup like is it worth playing? Is it now you could play you could play that lineup as long as you know you're not playing Glasnow Ray. You're not playing Acuna with them, right? You're not playing the Rangers as a five-three with them. Then it's just it's just too chalky for a for a 2018 slate. The reason I like large slates, a lot of people don't like them. A lot of average DFS players prefer the shorter slates. Not the not three games, but they're like okay, eight games, right? Six to eight games. It's like okay, that's manageable. I feel like I can I can pick a couple of teams, put them together, right? Four four five three five two one four three one whatever, and it feels manageable. On a fourteen game slate, they're like there's so much to choose from, like it's almost like information overload. Like there's too many choices, but I like that because you could find teams that are low owned that people are not playing. Who's going to play the Phillies against Sonny Gray? Well, why not? It's not like Sonny Gray projected all that well. They're playing in Cincinnati, which is a home run ballpark. So why not? Give it a shot. Sonny Gray gives up fly balls, so why not? I mean, and also you got the bullpen there as well. 1%, give it a... I mean, it's not like I played, it's not like I played, you know, half my lineup for the Phillies. The Phillies were in, uh, like, like what, 6% of my lineups or something? The Royals were in more. But they're in 6% of my lineups. They're only 1% owned. So I, I have way more Phillies lineups then, I, then my fair share of Phillies, Phillies lineups. Yesterday on FanDuel, I had my top exposed team was the Mets. My second was Arizona. Okay, so did they get there? No. So it's not like I went in and it's like, oh yeah, Phillies, Royals, give me all of it. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm some. I'm making as many of these little combinations, four, three, one combinations as possible. But I like taking shots at having bits and pieces of teams that people are not playing. So I look at yesterday's slate and I go, okay, what team that Baltimore? I played, I played some Baltimore yesterday. How much Baltimore? As much Baltimore as I played Philadelphia. Baltimore did well, right? I had some Mancini and Mullins and all of those guys, Severino in a lineup. He had a home run, right? I had a bunch of that against Pineda. Because who's going to play? It's not like people were playing Pineda, but like, eh, there's there's 28 teams to choose from. Why why choose the Orioles? Right? They did they didn't project as well as the Twins, of course. They didn't project as well as the Coors teams. No, of course, that makes them one percent owned. And if they put up 10 runs or whatever at one percent ownership, how much how much do I need right in the rest of my lineup? I have a six for Baez in my lineup, and I'm still in second place for ten thousand dollars. I'm playing for the chalk to fail. The Royals were owned decently. I mean, if we look here, 14.9%, 9% for Ben Attendee, who hit a grand slam, 8% for Santana, 
I mean, Baez was 8% owned. It's not like, it's not like these guys were unowned, but I had him included with a 1% owned stack. That's how I make my lineups. Typically, the, the, the stacks that are this low owned go in with stacks that are substantially. I mean, that I had Phillies with twins, right? You could do that because you have a 1% owned stack. So you, fine, play Nelson Cruz in that lineup. I had lineups like that. Same for the Orioles. Like the Orioles were a 1% owned stack also. And I had them paired with some chalk. The Royals, Twins, Braves, some Astros or whatever. I try not to pair like 1% owned stacks with other 1% owned stacks. So like if, if the winning combination was Phillies-Orioles, I'm less likely to have that combo. Because I'm not, unless I happen to be playing a lot of one of those teams. Like I played a bunch of San Diego yesterday. Like they didn't get there. But they also, they were they were low owned as well. They were like 2% owned. I mean, Tatis wasn't even that owned everywhere. But people are focusing too much on these large slates with the top couple of projected teams. Too much. There's so many choices to choose. There's so, there's so many to choose from. So why focus on, well, I'm not going to play the top, the top projected stack. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play the third one. It's like even the third even the third one seems like too owned. There's 28 teams on the slate. I'm not saying that you should be stacking and playing, you know, playing uh against the stud pitcher, right? Oh, I'm gonna play the Reds against Nola. I mean you could, but you don't have to. So people people, you know, DM me or whatever. How'd you what'd you get you on the Phillies? I'm like nothing. I played 16 teams yesterday. Right? I played 16 out of the 28 teams that were on the slate. I played 16 of them. Now, in different proportions. Not equal. Not like, okay, give me give me what? 6% of everything? 6 point whatever percent? So I get 100 together? Ah, just whatever. No. I do them proportionally compared to their projection and their ownership. The Mets were way under-owned. I had them as the second highest projected on the slate for ceiling. Yet they were going to be like, what? Let me take a look here at my notes. They were going to be somewhere in like, like eighth most owned. Second highest projected, eighth most owned. That looks like plus EV to me. I want as many of those types of lineups as possible. But I also know that there's 28 teams on the slate. I'm not going to play 50. I'm not going to play 50 lineups with the Mets. That'd be in the third of my, no, I'm not, that's too much concentration. I mean, you could do it. It's just that if you're wrong, you're going to lose all your money, which is fine. If you, that barbell, right? It's going to be, you lose it all, you win it all. So I go through, I go, okay, I'm going to have the most of the Mets. Who's the, who's the next team that is higher projected than their ownership should be? Uh, Arizona was number two, right? I got to write on the sheet of paper here. I make my I make my little I make my little notes. I don't know if you could even see it, right? So I saw I, I I ordered them by ceiling. So I ordered sixteen teams by ceiling: Minnesota, right? Mets, Braves, Dodgers, Rangers, Diamondbacks, Astros, Royals, Nationals, Padres, Rays, Cubs, Red Sox, Phillies, Rockies, Orioles. That's by projection. But then by ownership, I can see here that like Houston, one, two, three, four, five, six, is seventh highest in projection, but like fourth in ownership. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to have as much of Houston. 
Colorado was like 15th in projection yet like seventh in ownership. So it's like, I didn't even, I didn't even play four man stacks of them. I played three man stacks, but I didn't even include them. But it's like, okay, so sprinkle in some Rockies. Same for Boston. Boston was a little over-owned. I mean, they were still low-owned, but I still think in comparison to their projection, it was a little over-owned. But it doesn't mean I play zero of them. It's like, okay, they, they could be useful. Yet teams like the Padres, the Rays were, were under-owned. The Dodgers were a little over-owned. The Braves were a little over-owned. The Twins were definitely over-owned. The Royals were under-owned. So, I mean, so I look at who are the under-owned teams. The Mets... The Diamondbacks, the Royals, the Padres, the Rays, the Cubs, the Phillies, and the Orioles. So I want to play. I want to play more than my fair share of those teams. And in what proportion? Well, towards the top, the Mets, the Diamondbacks, and the Royals. And then, you know, four to six percent of all the other teams of the Padres and the Orioles and the Phillies. But when these guys are 1% owned and like, you know, I have McCutcheon in 10 lineups. I have Herrera in four lineups. I had Segura, I had Hoskins in, you know, 12 lineups out of 150. So it's way more than my fair share compared to their ownership. And it just so happens that the Phillies and the Royals were paired together. So I also tried, I try to make sure that I'm pairing things together that goes, that, that works ownership wise. That means if you're going to, you said, I'm playing some twins, I'm playing some Braves. But if they're going to be both chalk, I'm trying not to play them together as a 4 3 1. You know, I don't want twins four, Braves three. So I have to find some way to eliminate that, typically by using ownership caps. But then also, I don't want like Phillies, Orioles. I don't want to have a ton of those types of lineups where I'm playing two 1% owned stacks together. So I'm setting an ownership minimum. I'm seeing where that line is. I'm just taking that blunt tool and just cutting it off. I'm seeing where, where that zone is of cumulative ownership. You could do that in results in, in uh, lineup HQ. That's what I mean. You could do min total lineup ownership, max total lineup ownership. There's no specific numbers. This, it, it all depends on the slate. Where is that line for what the lineups you're looking for? That's why I build lineups and iterate. I build without this and see, you know, okay, where's that chalk? Where's the line where I stop getting two chalk stacks together on this slate? If it just, if it's 148, then then it's 148. If it's 162, if it's 127, whatever it is, that's where I'm going to cut the line. And where's the line on the bottom where I'm getting like 1% owned stacks together? Is it 34%? Is it 55% or whatever that is? I put that in then it eliminates those lineups. Some people build more lineups than they do, and then they cut them out. You could do that also. You could trim, right? You could prune. You could prune lineups. You could do that if you want. You could also do it in Excel. I mean, a lot of times you can throw these lineups and do like an ownership product, which is better than ownership sum. Because you could have a 1% owned guy in a 180% owned lineup, and that's still good. What you're doing with this blunt tool is that you're you're eliminating those types of lineups, which may not be the best best way to do it. Still, a way to do it. So you can do it by ownership product if you want to bring it into you know Excel and do it that way. You can do it on your own, and that's it. There you go. Build some lineups.
Build some plus EV lineups. It's not, it's not complicated. I want more of the teams that are under-owned and less of the teams that are over-owned. That's, it's, not, it's not complicated. It's really not that complicated. And the bigger the slate is, the more likelihood that there are, there are under-owned teams because ownership gets condensed. So it's not like the Twins were mega-owned. It's, I mean, you're not seeing, you're not, you're, rarely in bats, you're going to see 40% on batters on a 14-game slate. But still, a 15 to 20% on batter is still heavily owned for the fact that there are 28 teams on the slate. Well, that's it. I mean, when people ask, how, how, did, you, how did you win? How did you, how did you come in second? Still one, it's still 10,000. It's still five figures, right? Still five-figure day. What made you pick the Phillies? What made you, what made, just whatever, math. Math made me do it. That's it. Just math. Go to the chat. Go to the chat. Put your questions. Matt Noah says, congrats, Jordan. Great lineup. I played a Tiger stack, which was also like non-owned. But my pitching in line didn't get there, so just the three X. Yeah, I play. I like. I played Lauer, so so yeah. So I didn't. I didn't have any Tigers. Yeah, I played. I played a bunch of Lauer. That did not. It looked good in the first inning, right? First inning, he had three strikeouts. Second inning, he died, right? Second inning, they had to check to see if he was okay. With the trainer out there, Michael Dompier asked, "How was Oakland last night? Projected versus owned." They were lowly. They were low projected. They didn't. Ma- they didn't make my cut, projection wise. Because they, but they were all. They they had the same type of ownership as the Phillies, and the Orioles. Like they were down there, but the Orioles and the Phillies and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Rays and the Padres projected better than them. So that at some point there's a line. So I can't play every team. Right, I'm not going to play all 28 teams or whatever. I mean, I guess you can, but I mean that now you're ridiculously diversified. They just didn't make the cut. Oakland didn't make the cut because once you get down to that level of ownership, then what is, what the hell's the difference? Right? Do you play this one percent owned stack or that one percent owned stack? There's only so many. I'm going to play the, the higher projected one percent owned stacks. So I could have played. I could have split instead of playing. Six Orioles lineups and six Phillies lineups. I could have played four Phillies, four Orioles, four A's. And then I could have gone down to the Tigers. And and now I split. Now I play three Phillies lineups, three Orioles. Like you see how it gets like diluted at that point. Like sometimes I just, you know, just draw a line. You say, there's the line and you're done. How many teams can I play? I played 16 teams on FanDuel. No, I should play 18 teams. You could, you could. But I I I don't want to I don't need to be that diversified. But you could I I could have had one Oakland lineup whatever. But they they did not project ceiling wise to the top sixteen of the slate. So when I saw that I'm like God would I I'll just have more Baltimore or more Philly or just more the Mets right I had so many Mets lineups. <laughs> let's see let's see let's see. Ryan Henderson asks, Blender, in addition to the amount you put in... Okay, I'm gonna, this is not very good English. Uh, Ryan Henderson, if in addition to the amount that you put in for your cash... Oh, for the cash bankroll tracker, how much do you allocate to GVP play? Rough percentage breakdown. Typically, I'm playing less than 1% of my bankroll in GPPs. 
Like I, I'm updating it now, right? That's what I was trying to do before, before the show. See, I, I even updated it. So let, let's let's take a look. Let's 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 take a look at Roto Tracker. See this cash bankroll tracker. This is only just so so I could do it publicly, right? So I could share this because you know I'm not going to give you my login for my Roto Tracker. I'll show it or whatever. But for just the cash games, right? Just just to show it. So like I don't need this, right? I'm not doing like it's already tracked for me in Roto Tracker. So like I I don't need I don't need to make the spreadsheet. I do this to be transparent and just say this is this is what it is. But it's not like I put that much thought into cash games, right? I finally got I finally got the profit and now now I'm I'm back down again. Whatever. I won ten grand yesterday. Who cares? Uh, let's see. Let's so we go to let's say we go to graphs. Okay, now we're we're over here. Let's go let's go to MLB season. Entry date, MLB season. Right? Oh, they're all profitable. <laughs> Finally, back to the profit zone, right? So this this is with cash games and with everything. So if we just go by uh, GPP, GPP, there we go. This is, what it, this is what a GPP graph should look like. Down, 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 up. Down, 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 up, right? So in GPP this season, I'm now I'm now up. I'm now profitable on the season, right? If we go take away the season, we just go by sport, go by MLB, right? This is for this season, right? Because I didn't bink early or anything. They take the season off, so just at all time in MLB, like this is what it should look like, right? So there you go. Down, 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 up. Down, 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 up. Down, 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 up. Down, 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 up. Right, this is the COVID season. I didn't really play much here, right? Right, the 2020 baseball season. Here you go. So at one point I was up 63,000 baseball. Now I'm back down to 48, 48, nine, 50,000 something. That's what it. That, but that's what GPP play should look like. I mean, if if I just do GPP for all my sports, right, it'll look exactly the same. Right, so here you go. I mean, over the course of time, it, I mean, they're smaller, like down, 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 and up, down, 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 and up. Right, right. GPP play, but you want these big spikes to make up for your slope downward. Right, slope downward, spike, slope downward, spike. So all you need is that. That's what you're going for. You're going for top, top one, two, three finishes. All you need is like one or two of them a season and boop, you're good. You're good. So there you go. So I updated I updated my rotor tracker. So we can take a look. Let's see. Let's go put back the MLB 2021 season. Updated as of today. You can see here, I'm, I'm down in double ups and head, I'm down in cash games. I mean, look, I'm down in... It goes along with obviously my my spreadsheet, right? GPP, I'm up, but primarily because look, I won ten thousand. I'm only up for like forty one hundred or so on the season because you lose a, you lose most days, I'm losing twenty twenty five percent most days. Putting in eight hundred, getting back five fifty, right? That type of thing. 
It's not like, oh, you won 10,000. Oh, you just put it on top of all your profit that you've been seeing. No, you lose it. You lose in GPPs 90 plus percent of the time. You need those binks. You need those top scores, right? The difference between first and second was $15,000. It's a big deal. That's why I like it. That's why I want the, the... I've had so many this year, so far, two months of the MLB season. I've come in like eighth to 10th, like five times. But when you come in eighth to 10th, you're only getting $300, 250, 220. I mean, you're getting nothing. So I'm putting in, I'm putting in six to 800 bucks and I'm getting uh, the, the 1150 back. Oh, oh, dang, I came in eighth. I got 1150. I made, I made a couple of hundred bucks and that's it. You got to come in these spots. I mean, got to come in these top spots. So finally, I get a t- I get a 10k. Okay, now we're now we're now we're on track. If Cat Sauce decided not to play yesterday, I would have been twenty five thousand. That would have been that fifteen thousand dollars would have been just like like now. It's unlikely that I could play every slate until the end of the MLB season and not be negative anymore. I'm just I'm just reiterating the importance of you have to aim for first place in these t- in these large field contests. You have to. I mean, you have to aim for first in every contest that you the GPP that you play, but especially these. So when when you're sitting there going, oh, oh, this is this is risky. Like that's what you should be doing. But the twins are in such a good spot. Well, don't play them. Because everyone else is playing them. Well, what happens if they score 12 runs? Then you lose. You move on to the next thing. It's not complicated. You have to get over your fear of missing out. But if I don't play Nelson Cruz against the lefty in Baltimore. Like, dude, he's 26% owned. What are you doing? Doesn't mean you necessarily X him out. I mean, you could put him in some contrarian lineups, but don't be rushing out to play, play the Twins. But what happens if he puts up 38 points? Then you lose. There's 180 games and the 200 slates you're playing. Who cares? You're aiming for first place. Let's see. Chandler Cannon asked, do you use the aggregate for ownership of the team or slight IQ? Is there somewhere similar in the bat? No, the bat doesn't have ownership. You're using RG ownership. You could use that. You could look on the stat. You, I don't know if we have it up. We probably don't. Kind of late. I mean, you look in slate IQ. You could. <coughs> I'm just looking at average ownership. I don't care about the actual number. I care, I care about the number <coughs> uh, relative to other teams. So I don't care if it's 8.6 and 6.2 and what I just want, what whatever order it's in, the proportional order. So the number, the actual number doesn't matter, right? Typically like here, FanDuel stack leverage, it'll show like the percent, like the percent owned of the team, 11%. Like that's the average ownership of a four or five man stack. 4%. I'm just looking. I don't need to know the exact number. 11.8 versus 11.4 doesn't matter. I need to know that this is going to be 12 and this other team is going to be 10. This team is going to be one. So what's the proportion between the teams? One team is going to be 26 and the next highest owned is going to be eight. Like that's a very big proportion. But I don't care that it's 26 and eight. It could be 20 and six. I mean, it could be whatever. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at. Now, when the lineups actually get built, 
then yeah, then the actual numbers matter because I have to fit them together, right? This is high owned, this is low owned, what's the total? But just by just looking in general, just no, the Mets are going to be, yesterday the Mets aggr- aggregate ownership, average ownership on FanDuel was projected to be 3%. According to the bat, they were the second highest ceiling team on the slate. So how do, how do I not play a lot of the Mets? That's it. There's no this people think there's some type of magic. That's it. That's it. Oh, okay, I'm gonna play a lot of the Mets. And then you have to wait for the wait for the Mets lineup to come out. The Mets lineup came out after lock. I had to replace McCann in lineups with Nido. I had to get Drury out because he was in the projected lineup. I had to put some someone in there. I don't know who I fit in third base. I think I had to take one offs of other teams in order to fit that when he was stuck there at twenty two hundred. But I thought I saw that I saw that as a good thing. When the Mets lineup wasn't out yesterday, I thought I thought oh, to make them even lower owned, right? Because they were the only lineup that wasn't out before lock. So I'm like, good, keep that ownership down. I'm playing a ton of them. Johnny Compton, how do you feel about playing guys coming off the IL? Do you wait for them to shake off the rust? No, I don't care. What are they projected for? That's it. That's what. What do I care? I don't even know. I wouldn't even know. The only reason I know people come off the IL is because I play every day and I know who's not in lineups. So yes. Oh, this guy's, oh, Bellinger's back. All right. Oh, okay. Wasn't used to putting him into Dodger stacks. He must be back. Other than that, I don't care. Is there any way to predict that? I don't know. If there's anything, it would be in the projection model. I trust Cardi. There's no I if there's no whatever. I don't know. People are trying to... You're trying to think too much. Don't think. Don't think at all. MLB DFS, people overthink to the the million percent too much. I literally explained my process on this show. Oh, there has to be more. There isn't any more. There's nothing. There's nothing more. There's nothing, okay? How many times do I have to say that? Let me go to the bat stacks page. Okay, let's go to the bat stacks page. Okay, I'm going to look at the stacks. Stack projections. Okay, I'm playing FanDuel today. So I'm going to go to the FanDuel stack projection page. You can see here, point per dollar wise, the Twins against Harvey. Okay, we have another Twins. Twins chalk. We have uh, Nationals against Smiley. Projects well, stack wise. But then I go from ceiling. I go from ceiling. I go, okay, Texas has the highest ceiling. It's not a good point per dollar value. Maybe they end up being lower owned. Braves against Leicester, that'll be popular. Rockies against Lyles, I guess. So I'm looking over here. So here's the ceiling. So a four-man FanDuel stack, an average one, okay? Cardinals against Bueller is pretty lowly. Like most of the teams down here are kind of like equal to each other. Like these, these are the better teams right up over here. So maybe the Astros against Pavetta. I don't know. It depends on what, what uh, pitchers are owned. I don't know. The Mets again. Okay, no. Well, Peterson and Bumgarner are at 340. So those games aren't on the slate. Alec Manoa, is he going to be popular? Young kid pitching. So I just take a look at this. I go, okay. If I look, if I see that, okay, the Twins are going to be a million percent owned and the Rockies are going to be 3% owned. It's like, well... How much of a difference? Three points? 
The Dodgers against Carlos Martinez, 95 ceiling. The Twins are 99. It's a four-point difference. The Twins could be 20% owned, and the Dodgers are 5% owned. So I'm playing more of the Dodgers. There you go. There, the, oh, there, I solved it. I solved it. What's so complicated about this? I don't even have to look at it. I'm just looking at numbers. Well, based on this, they have a good shot at this time. And there you go. And how does that fit together with your pitchers? Now, in FanDuel, you only play one pitcher. It's even easier. And you look at the pitchers. You can go, what pitchers do you want to play? All right, let's go to FanDuel. All right, people, 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 it's still, people don't, they think that I'm, I'm spending the whole day looking through fan graphs or something. Looking through plate IQ. No, it's already done for me. Oh, we even have ownership. Is this, is this current ownership? Is this, yeah, I guess so. Walker, Bueller, and Manaya. Yeah, okay. This is current ownership. So we got that. So I take a look at this. Okay. Bueller, Manaya. Montgomery, 7,500 on FanDuel is pretty, pretty nice, right? 10K from Manoa, you can, I guess you could. Framber, right? Most likely I'm playing one of these pitchers, right? They project the best. Let's point for dollar-wise even. Fletzen, probably wouldn't play him on FanDuel. Smiley always projects decently on the bat. So maybe I end up playing Bueller. Manaya, Montgomery, Framber is my pool, my four pitchers. And there you go. How do they fit together with the stacks? Because obviously Bueller could play with cheaper stacks because he's 9,700 and Framber is 7K. So my expensive stacks that Bueller people can't get to, that'll be with Framber Valdez. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And we have ownership already. So you could even look. So here on the stack projections, let's see, do we... We're not going to get it on the lineup HQ page. Oh, we're going to get team ownership. Okay, we're going to get, oh, we already get the ownership. Let's see. Is this updated also? So it'll be easier to see on, on this page. Yeah, here we go. FanDuel stack leverage. Okay. So this is, so we have, this is early. Obviously, this will change depending on who's in the lineup and whatever. Okay. So I could sort by ownership here. Now, these smash percentages and these differences, all these other figures are all based on the RG Roto-Grinders plate IQ projections, not the bat. I'd love to have this type of page that has the smash percentage using the bat projections, but this is with the plate IQ. So I don't care about anything else other than this ownership column, right? So we can see here the twins. So if I looked on the top stacks from a ceiling only perspective, the order would be Tech Rangers, Twins, Nationals. If we just take these green teams, Rangers, Twins, Nationals, Braves, Rockies, Dodgers. Okay. Now, if we go by projected ownership, well, it looks like Houston is overowned. And it looks like. The Nationals are under-owned, right? The Nat Because we have here, here are the top stacks, ceiling-wise. Texas, Minnesota, Washington, Atlanta, Colorado, Los Angeles. LA, LA is represented. Texas is represented. Colorado is, uh, Minnesota is. Atlanta, Washington, Boston, like these over here, not as much, Right? Braves, Nationals. Nationals is three and Braves is four. Yet, 
They're sitting down half his own to some of these as the Twins, the Rockies, the Astros, and the Rangers. So as of right now, if I were to build my lineups, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be over my fair share of Braves and Nationals and maybe the Red Sox. How hard is it to do that? How, how, did I do anything special? Did I, did, I, did I snap my fingers? Did I, did I make... As long as you understand the concept. The concept is you want to play teams that are, have higher, are projected higher than what they'll be owned. That's it. Right? Minnesota, is Minnesota overowned? Probably at 14%. I think Colorado's probably overowned. Houston is definitely overowned based on just just based on right. Not they, they don't they don't they don't rate well. I mean they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, they're the ninth highest in the bat and the third highest owned. Barely. They could be the second even. So to me, that says you play to play less play less of the Astros based on the bat projections. And the bad projections tend to not not like the, the Astros as much as other other systems usually. Then you look at the bottom here. You go, okay, maybe maybe you don't play Bueller or like like now now we're looking at the bottom. So what teams are are towards the bottom of ownership that aren't necessarily the full bottom of projection? So you have okay, let's say the Marlins against Manoa, one percent. But they're not out. They're actually, you know, 84. They're they're up here. So basically, we're looking at where the Yankees, Yankees, Padres, Marlins, Blue Jays, Orioles, Cubs. Yeah, they're all in this kind of zone. We look here. See, like the Orioles against Dobnak. 1%, 1.7%. Miami. Tampa against Jordan Montgomery, even. Right? So maybe you look at those and you go, then maybe they're under-owned. Because really the lowest-owned team should be like the Cardinals. I mean, look at the Red Sox based on ceiling. I mean, horrible. Maybe you don't play much of them. I mean, obviously, the Padres are at 220, so you can't play them. So that's what you're looking at. What, what kind of... I'm not looking at any type of baseball stats. There's, it's already in these numbers already, right? Based on the lineups, obviously Juan Soto's out of the lineup. Well, that, that'll decrease the Nationals, you know, ceiling, right? So you have to wait for the lineups to come out. These numbers will change. Ownership will change, right? Slightly here and there. And that's, what's it? I mean, baseball is a team sport in DFS. You're, gonna, you're playing teams. You're not playing players. I mean, in DFS, you're playing lineups in general. So you're not even playing players in other sports. You're playing lineups. They're, they're composed of two teams. What teams are you playing? I mean, there you go. Take the teams and start building lineups. And there you go. Done. What's so complicated? I could say this a million times that people still, still think, think that I'm hiding something. I don't know. Am I hiding anything? Get good projections. The plate I few projections on Roto Grinders are good. You can sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Hit the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month, or get Derek Hardy's projections with the bat. And just understanding the bare minimum of game theory, the bare minimum between the projections and that is that that's it. What what else do you need? Especially for MLB, you're playing teams. And they go, oh, well, what what guys on the team should I play? Right, you know. It comes down to 
let's take a look at the starting lineups, right? And it's like, okay, so, so I guess I, I look at this and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to play more, more of the Nationals against Drew Smiley. And you look at the Nationals lineup, like, which Nationals should I play? It's like, whichever one's fit. And from this, it looks like Turner's going to be chalky. But if you play him in the stack, you're fine. So from there, okay, well, this is this is DraftKings. So let's go to FanDuel. So we, I was talking about FanDuel before. So let's go to Nationals. Where are the Nationals? Yeah, but Turner's still going to be chalk. But I don't mind that in the stack because if you're going to play other guys, if you're going to play Turner, Soto, Zimmerman, Castro at second base, you could do something like that. Right, and you're perfectly fine, even with a 30% on Trey Turner, because everyone else in the lineup doesn't seem to be that owned at all. So Turner is really most of the most of the percentage in this for the Nationals, six six point two one percent is coming a lot from Turner. So once you add three more guys there, then this this goes down even further. And whichever fits. What other team are you playing? What is it gonna fit together with? So if you're using a first baseman from if, if you're playing the Blue Jays and you need Vlad Guerrero, probably you want to have a first baseman slot open, right? You want to get him in. But there you go: Turner, Soto, Zimmerman, Castro, probably. But I mean, whatever fits. Whatever I mean, whatever. If you, I mean, building another lineup, you could have Gomes in there or, or Schwarber. Who knows? Whatever fits. You're betting on teams. And you move on. You make as many of the combinations as you can. If you're going to play the Twins, that's chalk. Look, 20%, 26%, 29%, 24%. I mean, this is this is nuts. I may not have a single twin stack on FanDuel today. At this at this ownership, no. And if I do, it's going to be with one of these. It's going to be with a, a lower order hitter. I'm going to have Ref Snyder, even though he's crying, or Larnick or something like that, or whoever. But at this ownership, I'm no. And if the twins get put up 12 runs and I lose, okay, so well, oh well. Because even the Braves aren't even that owned because Acuna's owned, but this ownership, like you could play, you could play this. So as of right now, this this game, it has 10 total. Why is the ownership so low? Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe by the time, by the hey, seven hours from now. Maybe just ends. Maybe the ownership ends up coming. It's like, oh, I'm not going to play the Twins. I'm going to play someone in this game. And now the ownership starts getting a little bit more efficient. We'll see. Michael Dompier says, for for your process, do you formally check what you thought ownership would be versus what it ended up being a team or a pitcher? Ownership expectation seems crucial. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know what you mean by formally. I don't formally do it. I don't for, download and then you know run an R or something. I don't I don't do that. I, I look at all the ownership. I look and go, okay, they're they were more owned than I thought. They were less owned than I thought. A lot of a lot of that you can't really translate from slate to slate because it's always going to be different. Sometimes you expect one thing and you don't get it. And then the next slate, like, what are you going to? Well, because the Mets were a little bit more owned yesterday, that means they're going to be. I have no idea. A lot of times that, that comes down to projection sources. I mean, that's why that's why looking at multiple sets of projections around the industry are important. I mean, someone you could think that Eric Lauer is going to be four percent owned yesterday, and I know he's not because the bat projects him so well, 
right? Robbie Ray is going to be is going to is going to be higher owned than than you know he, he was low he was lower owned on Fanduel than I thought. RG projected Robbie Ray uh, at twenty four percent owned. He came in at eighteen. I thought he would. I actually thought he would be higher, right? I I actually thought Robbie Ray was going to be like 30 percent owned on Fanduel. But Glasnow got that ownership. So I knew that Glasnow was going to be probably the most popular pitcher, but I didn't think he would be as owned as he was on FanDuel. And I had less, I had little of him. I was playing more Ray, Lauer, that didn't work out. Alex Wood, that didn't work out. So I look at that, I look, oh, okay, that's interesting. FanDuel, I get more, I get more surprised at FanDuel than I do DraftKings. I, I, give, I give people too much credit on FanDuel. DraftKings tends to be sharper. Much sharp. I mean, much, much there. I'm, I'm, I, I could predict ownership on DraftKings way better than on FanDuel. I don't know. Soft players? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Frederick Dute asks, do you manually fade chalky one-offs in lineup HQ after you generated your lineups? Or is there another method before building to minimize chalky one-offs besides setting a slow max exposure? Typically, I do it after building. So for instance, like on FanDuel, for instance, like we're going to go, I will go through teams. Like let's say Minnesota, like which is going to be the chalk, okay? So I'll look at the order and I'll go, well, Rortvite, especially on DraftKings where you don't have to, especially on FanDuel where you don't necessarily have to play these cheap guys. Like maybe I'll click on the only in stacks for these two guys, Rortvite and Simmons, like these cheap guys on maybe even Larnock and Repsnot, like these guys only in stacks right? The guys that don't project as well and, you know, whatever. The bottom. As I don't mind these as, as one-offs. And then after it gets generated, so let's say, for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll do it quickly. So let's say I'm not playing any Minnesota stacks. Let's say, let's just, for argument's sake, because we mentioned the Nationals before, I'm playing 100%. I'm just playing all Nationals, whatever. Let's put in 40 lineups. Let's put an all, let's just four, uh, really, let's do four threes, right? I'm playing a hundred, I'm just playing, um, there you go, I'm just, whatever, right? I'm playing all game stacks, four, three game stacks of Washington and Atlanta, okay? For argument's sake, which means we have once, I'm playing a four, three, one, which means I got one-offs of like Minnesota, Right? But let's say I'm playing a little bit of Minnesota, right? Right, because we only want in stacks, right? So maybe they could be a three-man. Minnesota, out of mind, is a three-man with Washington or Atlanta. So we put that together. Just make it make it 50 even, right? So we're doing something like this. I'm going to build 40 lineups. Just a show. Okay. So we should be seeing, right, four-man hitter stacks, Atlanta, Washington, three hitter stacks, a lot of Minnesota because they're, they're, they project well and these other teams, right? Okay. Now we're going to look through here. We're going to see, right, we're going to see Sano, Donaldson, Cruz. So we see a lot of Cruz, Donaldson, and three-mans. Sano, right? See a lot of them. We're probably not going to see much of the other twins. Right, if we go by team, we see, look, Red, Red Ref Snyder, 
he should only be in a stack, right? Because we clicked on the button for only in stacks. Cruz, Donaldson, Ref Snyder. Okay, with Stanton as a one-off and a four-man Braves with Bueller. Okay, that's that's not bad. So now going through here, see if I look through my national stacks, I have a ton of Soto, and not that much of like Victor Robles or Game uh, Gomez or Harrison, which is fine. I'm still getting enough. I look at my Braves. I go, yeah, Contreras and Heredia. Abraham Almonte is finally in there. I get some, okay, so this isn't that bad. Now I look at the the Twins. Like, I'm playing 40 lineups. Maybe I don't want all this Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz and Miguel Sano, right? So I start cutting them off at like, what, 15? Probably I can't even, probably can't even get away with that. 20? Let's say you cut them down to 20. So you don't have so much of them. So you're going to start getting more of the other twins or getting one-offs of other people. So I'll cut them off at 20 and I'll rebuild. Let's see what happens. Okay, here we go. Now we go go back to the, you see, now they come in less. So no, stack. Stack in a stack in a stack in a stack in a stack. One off, one off Sano over here. I mean, you could click on the only in one off. I mean, once I click the OIS, like then they go away. But let's say I don't mind. I don't mind Cruz as a one. I don't mind them. I just don't want them in like a ton of my lineups. So maybe I cut them down even further. Maybe I go down to 12. Let's see what happens now. Let's see. Let's put 12 on all these twins. So I still want them in my three mans as part of other things in 20 lineups. Right? Probably have to probably have to reduce this down. Right? Probably have to get that down to maybe what 40%, maybe not even 30. 30. Bump these up. Make more of that. We build again. So you're still gonna get three man. Twins in like 30% of your lineups, but a more diverse set of them. Obviously, you get tons of Acuna and Soto now. You look down. Okay, look, Nelson Cruz, 13%. Donaldson, 13%. Sano, you're getting much less of them. You look at the Delt Nelson Cruz lineups. It's like, okay, Sano, Donaldson, Cruz. Okay, but you mixed in with Castro and Zimmerman, Bueller. I mean, this ownership may be a little too high for large field. It may be fine. You got Castro and Zimmerman in there. Like if you sort by ownership, percent owned, based on our current, like I don't mind this. It's like this type of lineup. Ownership sum is much lower. You have Bueller, sure. You have Acuna, okay. But you got Swanson, Riley, and Freeman. Then you got Zimmerman, Castro, and Soto. The ownership total is, I mean, the, this ownership looks good. So I don't mind the 29% Nelson Cruz in this lineup. I don't care. All right, I take a look at this lineup. Almonte, if he, I mean, look, this is this is doable, I guess. I mean, it's a little bit higher, but I mean, this, these are the types of lineups. There's lineup five. Like there, there, I don't mind that chalk Cruz in. I don't even mind the chalk. Look, Acuna and Cruz are both in this lineup. Yet, is, this has enough leverage to win a large field GPP. It has a chalk pitcher. 
right? As long as this ownership is the way it's supposed to be. You may, you say the Nationals are going to be five times as owned as this, then then that goes away. So I'm looking to build more of these lineups. So if I see what these lineups look like, I want to put the settings in so it makes more of these and less of these, right? Much higher, you know, now we have Trey Turner in it. Now you have Donaldson in it and Sano. And now it's like, okay, maybe that's, this combination should be saved. If I'm going to have Sano, Donaldson and Cruz in it, I want to have, you know, some, you know, off the board stack, some 1% owned, 2% owned stack. And you build those lineups. There you go. Did I look at anything? Did I look at my, am I looking at advanced stats and spin rates and pitchers and, and OBS and war and I'm not looking at any of that. It's all, it's all the numbers already. It's already, it's already in there. It's already in there. I'm just build the lineups. Ryan Murner asking any advice for those of us who want, who try a one, try a one bullet shot on MME GPP tournaments like large field play. The less lineups you have, the more risky you can be. People think the opposite way. I only have one lineup. I only have three lineups. I have to play the Twins today because I only have three. No, you only have three, which means you should play zero of the Twins. You literally X them out. You have less to lose. You have to think of it that way. When you have 150 lineups and you're playing $800 worth of lineups, Xing out the top three owned highest projected teams completely means that you could lose all all 800 gone. Or not have a combination. Oh, because I X'd out Nelson Cruz and he had two home runs. My 1% don't stack that I have can't win because it doesn't have Nelson Cruz in it. And now you don't lose, you don't lose $5. You lose $800. So the more lineups you play, the that doesn't mean more risky. It means actually you get safer. But I, used, I, I played, I originally played large field GPPs with small amounts of lineups. Three, five, ten, fifteen. I would hand build them. I have several binks hand building lineups back then, 2017. That's what I did. I came in second a couple of times for baseball, hand building, playing large field GPPs with like 12 lineups. But I you, I play as risky as possible when I play less amount of lineups for these large field contests. So if you're playing one one lineup today in uh in large field GPP, I would just X, literally just X out the twins. Like on 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 fan, if you're doing it on FanDuel, for instance, I look I look right here. You're playing one lineup. I would look at the batters. I look at the ownership, and I would literally just X out anything anything that's above twenty five percent, right? Just like I'm not playing Acuna, I'm not playing Turner, I'm not playing Cruz, I'm not playing Don, I'm not playing a twin stack, I'm not playing Houston. Right, I'm not playing Minnesota. I'm not playing Houston. What could, what what could I play? And there you go. Do that. Yeah, but what happens if they get there? Well, then you lose. So you lost five bucks. Do that every day. But playing the chalk, playing too chalky with five. Uh, oh, your five could turn into oh, you 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 three x. Oh, yay! Yeah, get a little golf clap. You're only risking five bucks. So aim for the stars. Even though you only have one lineup, you have to embrace the fact that you, if you're playing well in GPPs, 
You are going to lose. The lineup is not going to cash 90 plus percent of the time. So build those lineups. Don't build lineups that cash. Oh, they'll cash often enough that you get you three bucks back or whatever. No, play to win first. Okay. Went a little long, but uh, went over some stuff, right? You saw that what my, my process is not, my process is not magic. It's not complicated. It's MLB. You're playing teams. Stack two teams, throw in a one-off, you're gone. You go, there you go. Next lineup. That's it. That's all it is. But we'll see what happens tonight on this eight-game slate. Uh, hit that hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Thank you for keeping my apple juice cold. Uh, hit the notification bell to know when we go live on this channel. We get MLB Grinders live coming up later today. And uh, and as always, if you if you want to learn the the basics of game what game theory is for daily fantasy sports, just go get my course, Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a fifteen hour audio masterclass. All you have to know is the concepts, like what, what you're doing mathematically, right? You got the numbers. You're like, hey, what do I play? It's like, well, more people are doing this and it's over-owned. And then you play, I mean, that all that type of stuff. That's what game theory is. And it applies to any sport. So go to theoryofdfs.com and you can pick that up. And it's 15 hours of me in your pocket. It's all structured education. So you don't have to watch bits and pieces of this show for, you know, hours upon end. It's all in one place. So theoryofdfs.com and we'll see what happens tonight and I'll be back to review it. Go over sharp players lineups, answer your questions in the YouTube chat, preview the day's slate because I do that Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.